Good morning. Are you well? Are you ready for, to smile, maybe laugh? Have your life changed? No? Oh, see. See? All right. Well, we're going to continue in our series, as Gareth has just said. I'm excited. I just want a shout out to all the uh, single parents, or if you're a parent who's got kids to church this morning on your own, congratulations, well done. I don't know how you do it. Karis is away this weekend, and I am shot. <clears throat> so, I hope you're ready to do some work, because uh, this could be interesting. There's some confessions to be made later on. Bethany, I'm sorry for shouting. That would be one of them. Great. Well, is anyone enjoying this uh, series? I'm finding it really, really fun. So just to, just to recap, really, Daring Faith, um, looking differently. Um, if you remember, Hills kicked us off and wore some very attractive glasses. Um, I didn't want to wear them today because I think I look silly enough. Um, but looking differently, eyes of faith, not fear, um, looking differently. Tim was talking about um, daring, dreaming in faith, um, dreaming in faith. Big dreams honor a big God. And then last week, Gareth was talking about giving our best. There's no shortcuts in this faith journey. It's about giving our best, training hard, being willing to die. Um, I was quite annoyed by that talk last week. It irritated me. Um, not because it was Gareth, just because it was challenging. Thanks for that, Gareth. Um, and this week we're talking about planting in faith. There we go, planting in faith. For those making notes, write that at the top of the sheet. Planting in faith. And I want to say that miracles happen. The miraculous stuff happens when we leave, when we lean, and when we lay down. Miracles happen when we leave, when we lean, and when we lay down. There's something that excites me about this. I've been grappling with this whole planting with faith, and there's all sorts of farming imagery around, across the Bible, so it can get a little bit complicated. Um, there's also a whole load of stuff that's complicated around sowing and reaping and whether we just get to use God as a little formula in our faith. We give and then we get back. So we wanna, I want to look at that a little bit and figure out what it means to plant in faith, where you are in your front lines, what, where you're up to in, in your home life, in your work life, in your studies wherever it is that you find yourselves interacting with the world. What does faith look like? What does it look like to plant um, and to invest in that? So I'm first going to just tackle a question. Where are you planting? Where is it that you're planting? If, it's, if, if there's something to be given, something to be laid down, something to be invested in, where are you planting? Where is it that God's called you to plant? I'm not going to cover that particularly in detail because I think um, Tim covered that really well. If you didn't um, listen to that, he's talking about Nehemiah. Nehemiah had a particular call and it made him want to leave all of his luxuries in the palace and all of that kind of stuff because he had a dream of something being better. What is it that woes you? What, what is it that worries you about the world where you think, actually, I want to make this, I want to, I want to change this. I want to make a difference. Um, there was a vicar called Hardwick Rawnsley, if you can say that name, in the 1800s. And uh, he was really annoyed to, to, to see this wonderful island that we're going to see a picture of in a moment um, go up for sale. Um, it's Grasmere Island. He thought it was pretty beautiful, and he was just really sad to see that going into private hands, worried that it was going to be developed and ruined and spoiled. And so um, him, along with this lady called Octavia Hill and another gentleman, 
decided that they would try and set up something to protect some of these different areas. Nowadays, you would know that as the National Trust. The National Trust owns 200 historic houses, is the largest private landowner in the UK, and there's 4.2 million members. Because someone got a little bit annoyed about, actually, this is precious, this needs protecting, or this is worth investing in, this is, this is important. And, and, and so that, for Hardwick, that was, that was where he wanted to plant, that was something that was important to him. I wonder if you've figured that out. If not, have a little listen to Tim's talk from earlier and ask God just to clarify where it is that you're planting. And what is your seed? What is it that's your seed? What is it that you have to, to give? I want to suggest that it could be your time. It could be your tools. It could be your treasure. Or it could be your torts. Yeah, had to sound right, didn't it? But it's thoughts. Um, <clears throat> celebrating race week. Um, times, talents, time, tools, treasure, or torts. Um, these are different areas that, that you have. Whatever it is that God has given you that you could be investing. Your time, how is it that you use your time for God? Is it just time for you? Is it, is it God's time? How do you invest it? What about your tools? How do you use your home? How do you use your car? How do you use your property? The things that, that you have that God has given you. And what about your treasure? What about your money? How is it that you use your money? Do you have a hold on your money? Does your money have a hold on you? And then your thoughts. What is it that you're imagining? Right down to the very basic of what are you thinking about? And I want to bring this around to prayer. What is it? Has heaven got your imagination? Are you interceding? Can you think about things that could change? And so we're going to look at Hebrews 11. Classic, I hear you say. Hebrews 11, why don't you you turn there? It's going to be on the screen. We're going to start from verse 8. A guy called Abram. So we're looking at planting in faith. And I want to say that there's, there's there's something just very simple about you've got hold of a seed, you've got hold of something, something that it is that God's given you, perhaps that feels precious, and you're you're planting it. There's, a, there's something about surrender in planting it. That which God has given you, that which is precious to you, kind of going, okay, I'm going to let go of this. I'm going to release control of it and give it. And so I want to start by saying that faith leaves. Faith leaves. I'm reading from verse 8. By faith, Abraham... When called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. I love that. Faith leaves. He doesn't, he doesn't know what he's going to get back. He doesn't know what he's going to receive, but he invests. He himself can't, is, is the seed in this. He says, okay, I'm going to leave. I'm in a situation and God's calling me. God said something to me and said, I want you to leave. And that was because a whole bunch of promises. He said, I want you to leave Haran and go to the place that I'm leading you to. He doesn't clarify what it looks like or what it is. And so sometimes planting in faith will look like for you guys, for me, leaving something without knowing what you're going to. Letting go of something, whether it's a job opportunity, whether it's, um, whether it's a, a home, whether it's a bunch of people that you would call your friends because God's stirring something in you and it means leaving without necessarily knowing where you're going to. When I was back in Bristol studying um, 
we did three years there just before we came here. And I was just exploring a job opportunity, had, had a couple of interviews, um, and we were really excited about staying in Bristol, um, getting stuck into the, the, the church that we were at there. And suddenly, I just, in, just in praying, I just felt like God took the wind out of the sails of this, of this opportunity, this, this, this job that I was going for. And it felt strange, and I kind of thought, okay, well, I, I, we've got nothing that we're going to here, but I feel like we just need to lay this down, Karis. And Karis was like, well, what if, let's just wait for another opportunity. And I just thought, no, I feel like we need to lay this one down. I laid it down, and the next day, I got a lovely email from a guy called Tim Grew. Um, and the rest, as they say, is history. But there's something hard about letting go of something when you don't know what you're going to. And Abraham modeled that really well in this passage. It says, By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, Abraham, though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. He considered him faithful who had made the promise. And this is where I want to say that faith leans. Faith leans. So faith leaves, but faith leans. What are you leaning on? What is it that you're, you know, if you're going to leave some place, you might want to listen to God before you do. If you're going to let go of a whole lot of stuff that's precious or important or that God's given you, you might want to lean on something. You might want to have something that you're leaning on, a promise from God. Make sure it's obedience, not just a giving up or a letting go, that you, you've got something that God said, okay, this, this business initiative that you're working on, this, this opportunity that might well develop a whole bunch of um, jobs for people and, and, and bring fruit in this particular area, of business, have you, have you spent time listening to God about what it is that he wants you to do? Or are you off on a whim? Are you, are you excited about your own stuff? Faith leans on something that God said. And I love what it, is, it says here. If I can find it. He considered him faithful who had made the promise. If you're planting in faith, you need to consider God faithful. There's something that is really powerful about going, okay, I'm laying this down, I'm burying this, but I'm considering you faithful. You are able, God. You are the miracle worker. My hands can't work miracles. My hands can't. But if I put stuff in your hands prayerfully and in faith, actively, then that's a good place. That's a good place. God's hands can do the miraculous stuff. Let's carry on hearing Hebrews' description of, of this incredible couple. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. Does anyone find that encouraging? I kind of do find it encouraging because I think God knows that in my hands it's... It's, it's not that safe. I could get too wrapped up in achievements in the kingdom, in miraculous stuff that God does. But actually, there's something healthy about going, I'm investing into something for a future generation. I'm investing in something that perhaps I won't benefit from. But this is what it's, ab it's about, planting in faith, believing in big things. I'm going to skip to verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, 
offered Isaac as a sacrifice. And this is where we come to, to, to look at faith lays down. Faith lays down. There's something about planting in faith that is laying down. And this is what Abraham does with his only son. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. So faith leaves, is willing to let, let go of places, willing to move out from comfy slippers and, and other stuff, leaves. Faith leans, but it also lays down. Faith lays down and says, okay, for Abraham, this incredible promise, this incredible journey that he'd been on, believing in God for some miraculous stuff, Abraham says, okay, well, here's the promise. This is Isaac. And yet God says, well, lay it down. Kill your son. It's crazy. I had Mike read the very story to my daughter yesterday. It didn't go down particularly well. It's not really for four-year-olds, just, just so you know. <clears throat> Do pray for Beth. <laughs> crazy. This is, this, is, this is promise and provision. God, you've given me a promise, and here's the provision. You've given me a promise, and I'm excited about this. This is what I long for. This is what brings life to my heart. There's a promise here, and that here's the provision. And you're saying, let go of the provision. Yes. That's exactly it. Let go of it. And this is what planting in faith is. It's seeing provision, knowing a promise that you're leaning on, and still laying it down. Abraham walks up a hill, puts his son on an altar, and raises a knife before Jesus says, hang on, whoa. I mean, we've got hindsight. That makes this whole story a little bit easier. But for, for Abraham, that's a big deal. What is it for you that is precious to you that finally you've managed to accumulate? Whether it's a home, whether it's a certain oven that you've always wanted, whether it's a, I don't know, that car that you've dreamed of. All those things are rich. All those things are good. And in, in some ways, this is an extension of, a, of the last sermon that I preached here about idolatry. And God being a jealous God. This is stuff that God gives us. And it can seem like it's the provision for what God's called us to. But the problem is God knows the human heart. And he knows that we can get wrapped around that stuff. We can get wrapped around going, Isaac. Wow. Wow. I've got Isaac. This is, this is it. This is it. We've got Isaac. Uh, I've got a pair here. Can everyone see the pair? No, there's only one. Oh, nice. No, there's only one. Why didn't I think of that? That's so annoying. <clears throat> okay. All right. We need to speak more. I should. I've got a pair. Now, what I could do, if I wanted to make the most of this pair, what I should do is eat a little bit and plant the rest. Eat a little bit and plant the rest. If I just sat here right now, and just ate the whole thing. It's not going to be beautiful in there. And the potential in this pair is going to end up not pretty. Let me put it that way. It's not going to be great. What is it that God's given you? This is, this is like the, the seed. There's a seed in here. There's a whole load of potential in here. But unless I'm willing to lay it down. Unless I'm willing to give it. Unless I'm willing. I'm so sorry. Sometimes that music just. 
controls me. Um, <clears throat> unless I'm willing to give it, rather than gorge it, it's, it's not going to grow. It's just not going to grow. What, what about your, your time? What about your treasure? What about your tools? Are you just consuming it? Or are you investing it? Are you, are you letting it grow? Is, are you a black hole for money? Let's talk about money. Are you a black hole? Do you receive a lot of money? And does it just end there? Because do you know what? If I was heaven, if I was God, and I was handling the finances there, I don't know that I'd be that excited about directing them your way if it all just gets stuck. But if you're the kind of person who says, hey, God, you've given me something here. How can I make the most of it? I'm going to have to lay it down. I'm going to have to lay it down. Jesus was a great example of this. And there's a, there's a verse going to come up on the screen. And Jesus talks about, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, just one grain, never more. But if it dies, it produces much grain and yields a harvest. And so I want to talk about sowing seeds. Got 15 more minutes. How are we doing? We okay? Good. I like a bit of response. Thank you. Um, sowing a seed is, a, is the physical activity that breaks a spiritual stronghold. It can be the this, this physical activity that breaks a spiritual stronghold. We reap what we sow. What does that mean? Is that a functional thing? Is that legalistic? That feels a little cold and like a machine. We put something in, we get something out. And actually it's not. It's about healthy heart and safe hands. Because if you just receive and don't give something, you build your life and your heart around it. You begin to value it. When you own something, it, it has authority over you, actually. But when you give something you, you've received, you have authority over it. You've, you've not let it own you. You've mastered it rather than it mastering you. Does that make sense? We, we see that in finances. We can get so worried about finances. And actually, if we start to give, we're walking in the opposite spirit. It's called repentance. It's not saying something. It's doing something different. It's going, okay, money has become really important to me. I'm going to have to walk in the opposite direction. We heard an amazing story this week of a graduate banker. He was a Christian, was nervous about being employed in this environment of banking. A little bit nervous about it. It's like banking, finance, that's not a big deal. But it can, be, it can be heavy. It can be broken. She did something and decided that it, was, it wasn't money that was, that was the problem in banking, but the love of money. And so she had a think. She pondered how, how she could be a light in this environment. And so she spoke with some of the other graduates, these first-year graduates, about her idea of giving money. Actually, the best way of not letting money rule us and loving money is to give it away. So she gathered a bunch of graduates and said, let's just give a little small amount of our monthly earnings as graduates. That's not a lot, a couple of hundred pounds, whatever it is. Let's give it to a charity and we'll see. So these graduates begin to do it. Suddenly, the partner realizes and finds out about it and says, do you know what? Whatever you, whatever you give and raise over this year, I'll match it. I'll double it. And so they agree. It's getting all, it looks like there's a bit of momentum about it. Then the bank finds out what the partner's doing and says, whatever you double, we will double it. And suddenly, in this first year of this graduate, coming into this environment, coming into this field, this area where she could plant, raises, I think, something like 200,000 pounds in the first year as a graduate for charities. But more than that, 
establishes a culture that is different to the one that was going. She, she walks in the opposite direction. She breaks a spiritual stronghold with physical obedience. And that's what the planting is. That's what it looks like to plant, to go, okay, I'm giving this. This isn't going to own me. This isn't going to hold me. The young lady had sown with her finances, and now she'll reap financially. Will she have 200,000 pounds in her bank next week? I don't think so. I don't know how long ago this story was, so she might have by now. Um, but she, it, it's, it's not about that. But God's, God is like, wow, okay, you're safe with money now. I know that I can use you for the kingdom. I can, I can pour money and, through you because it's not going to be a black hole. Stewarding an internal breakthrough happens when your confession of faith becomes a commitment of faith. This is not something we say. We're committed enough to it to lay this stuff down and to invest our time and our energy. Let's have a look at Mark 10, if you could turn to Mark 10. And we're going to find out someone who really struggled with this planting stuff. So quiet today. Makes me nervous. Mark 10. We're going to look at verse 17. Sorry, it's not on the screen. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternally life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. And you know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this... The man's face fell. The man's face fell. Because he thought he owned a lot of money. But a lot of money owned him. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Here's this man who has great wealth. And he runs desperate to Jesus saying, I want life. This money stuff isn't giving me life. How can I get eternal life? And Jesus says, I'm going to lay this stuff down. Plant it. Let go of it. And we find out later, and this is what I want us to just focus in on. In verse 29, we find out that he, he would have got back way more than he gave up. Because Jesus says, I tell you the truth. No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. In this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and with them, persecutions. Skip over that a minute. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and last first. A hundred times more. That seems crazy, doesn't it? This rich man missed an opportunity. And there's quite a contrast between Abraham. Abraham who had this promise, this Isaac. And God says, I want you to lay it all down. And he does. He's willing to. And he gets it all back. 
and more. And over here we've got this rich man who's got a lot. Can't plant it, can't lay it down. It's too important. Keeps hold of it. And what does he do? He walks away. He doesn't get eternal life. He could have had so much more. I want to suggest to you that there is so much more for you in your life. I'm really in danger of sounding like a prosperity preacher. That's why I didn't wear a full-piece suit today. <clears throat> you could have so much more if you give. That's a really dangerous, it's a really fine line, isn't it? But this is what Jesus is saying. If this stuff doesn't own you, you can own it. If this stuff doesn't rule you, you can rule it. And that's why planting in faith is a really healthy heart thing. It's not, sowing and reaping is not about gaining more. It's not an investment thing. It's about a health thing. It's about a heart thing. Making sure that we're heart healthy. Um, yeah, I, I, I just want to give testimony to God. He is so good. God is so good. And I know we're, we're talking about faith in all different aspects of life. And, and for many people, it doesn't look like leaving their jobs or, or moving to a different country or all, all those kind of things. I, think, I hope we all know enough that this room is full of missionaries, okay? Have we got that? Just raise your hand if you're a missionary. Okay. I think we've understood that enough. You're on mission. Figure out where your field is and, and plant it. So I'm just going to sh share a little bit from, from mine. Don't be robbed of what God's called you to. But... Karis and I have seen this in practice, having left homes, left friends, left family and, and moved to Africa for a year or having left homes and jobs and family and moved to Bristol, nearly as uncomfortable. <clears throat> we've moved, we've left, we've done the leaving, leaning on promises and laying down. We've laid down stuff, our home. We've laid down our careers, particularly Karis. We've laid them down again and again and, and, and gone, okay, Lord, we're excited about you. I'm telling you, we, we have been given so much. We have lived a life that we could never earn. We have lived a life we could never earn because we've, we've given, because we've sown, because we've planted, because we've, we've died in areas, because we've counted the cost. And yes, we've been persecuted. Let's not leave that bit out of the, out of the passage. Yes, we've, we've had struggles or we've, we've, we've found resistance. We had some of the most amazing holidays. And I just resisted putting some of the pictures up on the screen because it just wouldn't be fair. But there's some lovely pictures. If ever you want one, I'll send them to you. Amazing pictures of some incredible holidays. We had the best holidays when we weren't earning a thing. When we weren't earning a thing. I drive a Skoda Roomster. I know, it's cool. But I've driven some amazing cars as we've left our jobs. A really nice Cadillac over in America when we were doing some training over there. <clears throat> you too could have a Cadillac if you just give. <laughs> All right? Okay, so let's just get our wallets out. We're going to take up another offering. Ah, oh, so terrible, isn't it? I'm glad we can laugh about it. Um, and I hope you can find God in the middle. Just study this passage if you, if you struggle with this whole balance of sowing and reaping. It's investing. It's making sure that our hearts are not growing around the provision. But we're able to release um, what God wants to see released. So in summary, just in case I've lost myself. In summary, we're talking about having... 
A faith that leaves. A faith that leans, believes in the, the promises of God and leans on them. And a faith that lays down. And Jesus is our ultimate example, isn't he? Let's just end with that. He leaves all of heaven and becomes the very seed planted here on earth. In the dirt, in the dust, in the mud, in the mess. Leaves it all. And he comes to a cross, Philippians 2. He leaves it all. And he counts the cost. And he dies. And we're part of the new life because of that death. Because of that seed that died. It's exciting, isn't it? I'm excited. I'm excited about what happens when a bunch of you guys just go, okay... Let's just do a little bit of an audit. Let's do an audit. What have we got? What could we be planting? What, what could we, we be letting down? What are we gorging on at the moment so that the seed's just stuck in our tummy and we're, we're not seeing any? Where could we see an orchard if we just started to plant some of this stuff that we've got? And Jesus is our incredible example that he laid down his life, that we could have life, that we could pick it up and grow. And he's the one who empowers us and, and leads us. Amen. Let's stand.